CB On Air, cutting-edge conversations with those in the central banking community. Hello, and welcome to Central Banking's third episode of their Womenomics series. I am Rachel King, Reviews Editor for Central Banking. In our last episode with Carolyn Wilkins, we talked about how central banks are changing their HR functions to level the playing field for women entering central banking. One of the things that came out of this discussion was that it is not just processes that have to change, but attitudes around forming a gender balance within central banks. And there's been a lot of research out there about how women's behaviour needs to change. Um, And the majority of arguments centre on the assumption that while women have just as much talent as ability as men when they enter into these professions, they all too often lack confidence when it comes to applying for promotions and grasping opportunities. And there have been a number of studies that have concluded women are more likely to undersell themselves, men are more likely to oversell. So joining me today to discuss this argument is Ilka Glibes, Assistant Professor from uh, London School of Economics. Now, to me, this argument sounds a little bit outdated. There's evidence now that more women than ever are studying economics, they're getting the jobs, but they're just not progressing through. And uh, case in point was a couple of months ago, a senior position at the Bank of England opened up. And I think around 27 candidates were narrowed down to a short list of four women, one man. The man got the job. And uh, while Mr. Haskell was probably very qualified, the argument that women are not putting themselves forward was kind of made redundant. So I'm just curious how you feel about this kind of argument in, in, in total. Yeah, I mean, as a young or youngish woman in a profession that is also still male-oriented, I, I'm a bit tired of that argument that women don't put themselves forward and that they're just not good enough and assertive enough because I think we are. And there's actually, I looked that up today in preparation of this, uh, there's a really interesting new paper that came out this year from Kugler et al. 2018, which is a meta-analysis. So a meta-analysis looks at a range of different studies and they compile them all together and see what is the overall effect. And for example, in this study, they found that yes, indeed, women are less likely to initiate negotiations, for example, about salaries or about getting Mm -hmm. a promotion, but that this gender effect is very small and very context dependent. Because there are contexts in which it's appropriate to ask for Mm -hmm. higher salary or promotion and in others, it's not appropriate. And some of these Gender differences are due to the situational context in which women are or compared to men. So I think overall, maybe women are still a little bit less likely to put themselves forward, but this effect actually decreases over time and the situation trumps gender differences. So this is overall empirical evidence that we are doing quite well in terms of knowing what we want and where we want to go. And I think it's more about the context and who we see is the most appropriate candidate. And more often than not, we still have a stereotype that men will be better prepared to take up leadership positions or they might be perceived as being more, I don't know, authoritarian or more outspoken. And I think there's still a lot of us, including probably me and you thinking or man might be better suited doing this job although the evidence does not favor that perspective so so how do we get around that how do we convince women that 
men are not the best choice that we we ourselves are the best choice and we should be as outspoken and maybe overconfident to put ourselves forward and say hang on a second I deserve that pay rise just as much I think we do we do that so and the evidence speaks for that so the the gender differences that were found were small and actually Mm -hmm. due to context so actually women are putting themselves forward in the example you gave there were four women and one man also suggests women are doing this so I think we focused on women enough and now the focus has to be on men and the people who make the decisions. So why in that context of your um, of this position, of a new position in the banking sector, why did the search committee in the end go for that one man and not for one of the four very educated and well-prepared women? I mean, maybe in that instance, the man was the best candidate and let's hope that is true. But I think there's still a lot in the work of I think the the focus now really needs to be more on the context and also men changing their perception and less on women I think we focused on women enough okay so what what was really interesting was um the panel who chose the male candidate was actually made up of two women and one one man and I was quite surprised by that because I thought girl power the women would kind of side maybe Mm. so it, it kind of supports um, Haskell and that he probably was the most qualified. Yeah, men are qualified yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if we if we switch switch the argument on its head and we say, right, we're going to focus on men and changing their attitudes, and maybe there needs to be a wider culture shift within economics and the finance industry. How would how would we go about that? I think part of the problem is that we still think that these jobs are so time consuming that you basically need a second person to be at home. And that second person is very often the wife of someone, right? Because if you want to have a family, if you want to have a life outside of your job, someone needs to organize that. And many of these high flying jobs are indeed set up in a way that you go to work at seven and you maybe come back at nine. And so you need someone else to organize the rest of your life. And that's often a a woman. and I think that hinders women in a way because they hardly ever have a man or a partner who takes that role. So they are still in the position that they have to pick up their children or yeah. pick up the laundry or preparing the dinner. And they can get around that by hiring yeah. often another woman um, or they try to do both. Yeah. And I think if we want to really change or really want to have equity and equality, we need to find a way of getting around these hours probably and also making it possible for men to say, listen, I have to leave at six to pick up my child or to prepare dinner or go to a soccer practice or whatever. And not, so I think the care work that is part of our lives as well also needs to be shared equally and that is not happening and that's also not accepted it's very hard for men to do that they're often more penalized than women if they ask for flexible hours and again that's a a, i think that's a huge part of Mm. the problem in a way that women are expected to do both and men are still not expected to do both yeah so a lot of central banks have started, or I say started a long time ago, have implemented flexible working, paternity leave, those sorts of things. And there was a an interesting article um, about their former head of communications who was on flexible working. She had two children 
And she decided to leave the bank because that flexible working was still not enough for her lifestyle. So even with this flexible working and even if men suddenly became able to take up both roles, as you said, at home and at work, do you think we'd see women... I don't want to say sacrificing because that sounds too strong, but taking up these senior roles and maybe letting more go at home. Do you think our our brains are programmed to allow that to happen? Because I know that there are still some senior women who find it hard to sacrifice some of the traditionally motherly roles for corporate roles. Yeah, and I think... Of course, in the end, it's often an individual choice, right? It's your choice. Yeah. And But I find that term difficult because often it's not an individual choice, but a choice by context. And we see in Scandinavian countries that are more where more men, men take also more of the care work, mm-hmm. that we have more women in powerful positions. Yeah. So I think that suggests that it's not always the women who do this job or want to do this job or are the only people who can do the job, Mm -hmm. men are equally good parents. And I think that's also sometimes, maybe that is something where women also have to acknowledge, yes, my male partner is as good as a parent as I am. Um, I don't think there's inherently after you maybe stop breastfeeding anything that I can do better than my husband, for example. Um, It's often just us letting go of that idea that we can do that better than they do. so I think there will, I think it might change that level field a little mm-hmm. bit. But it's, again, also needs to be accepted in wider society because I think that's the problem. I mean, the UK has now, I wouldn't say very generous, but at least there is some paternity leave. Yeah. Very few men take that up. I think less than 2%. Yeah. And I, I think that's often due to the fact that it's just not socially accepted Okay. To do so. And it's often not accepted in your work environment. It And as I said, there is some really interesting research that suggests that men are penalized for doing mm-hmm. that. Because, of course, also men have to adhere uh, to a specific stereotype. Mm. And the stereotype still is men have to provide, yeah. men have to be strong, and good fathers and maybe fathers that are breadwinners, not necessarily the father who's at home taking care of the children. Mm -hmm. And these stereotypes are slow to change. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thinking is ancient to me because obviously I'm a a millennial, so we've been taught that you can do anything you want to do, men should be on the same playing field. Um, So I'm curious how you think we can start making that change because it sounds like there needs to be a huge psychological shift, both in the corporate world and just within individuals in order to kind of adapt to this new way of thinking. It seems that the best way, and that might not be a very popular way, but that's what the Scandinavian countries did. They really changed policy. Yeah. Um, and they, re- I mean, they made it mandatory for men to stay home for a okay. while as well. Or you would be penalized for not doing so. You would actually lose money by right. not taking up paternity leave. And I think we need that kind of nudge um, for a change in the acceptance in society. And that seems then to lead to, then you would actually s- just see more men on the street with their children. You would hear about a 
potential like a future father saying no i i won't be here in december because i have a child and and i think that will actually then trigger that change that we need in anglo-saxon countries and maybe also where i'm from in germany and so on it's something that already exists in norway in finland and sweden but it also took a few years there uh, but they are much more egalitarian than we are. Mm-hmm. And it seems to benefit society. Mm-hmm. I mean, these countries are often also the countries that are where people are more happy mm-hmm. and uh, where people have a better work-life balance. Everyone, not just women, but also men. And um, yeah, but I think it needs to come in a way f- through policy and then we will see the psychological shift. Okay. Changes. Okay. Is do you think there's anything we can do earlier on in the chain? So you've got more and more women now studying economics at mm. university, doing PhDs in economics, and then moving through into potentially less traditional roles. Is there anything we can do at that stage for those young people to say to them, "You you have every opportunity out there for you." Go, like go for these senior positions yeah. I mean I think there's also evidence that um, especially for these young people and I don't want to say only women because I think it sh- we also should say see men who study mm. economics to say it's okay you can be a successful banker and a good husband or father for example but I think their role models are important so we a lot of the diversity programs don't work that well. They don't actually change people's attitudes and their behaviors. But what seems to help is mentoring and role models. Mm-hmm. So to see someone like Minou Shafiq or other women in central banking is an important signal. It also would be an important signal to see a high-powered man to take paternity leave, for example, because that would then signal it's okay to do that. Mm. So I think we need to see both of these things for young younger people who get into the profession i think role models is a really important point and it's something that's cropped up in the previous episodes that we've run and there's been this kind of to and and froing between can you have male role models for female students and vice versa because obviously it's it's good to have someone you can look up to and relate to but if you don't have that woman and you don't have that role model can someone from the opposite gender come in and still provide that same kind of stimulus to get to where you want to go there's actually very little research on that I think. yeah uh, but i guess you could have as a woman you could easily have a male mentor why mm. not if that person tries to understand where you are standing where you are coming from yeah and is able to translate their experience into your experience yeah so i would not see that as necessarily impossible but maybe it requires a little bit more mental work yeah i'm just curious because obviously if if there is no one to strive for and there is no mentor then you you're almost in a catch-22 situation you're never going to get the women moving through to then become the role models for the next generation below and if you're asking men to have this kind of mental shift then there should be no reason why they can't provide exactly. the same sort of... And it might be also good for the the men. Yeah, to see vice versa. Okay, so, okay, what if I was in that position? I am a 25-year-old woman who just finished an economics degree at the mm. LSE. How would 
I go about that. Yeah. That might help them also to change their perspective on what is the right way of being a mm. banker or what is the right way of doing this job. Yeah. I've, I don't know of any male central bankers. If you're out there, prove me wrong. Um, of of mentoring, I know a lot of a lot of women female central bankers mentor both men and women junior mm. economists. So it would be interesting. I don't know if there are. I'll have to go and see if there's any stats out there. Yeah, that to, to see. Um, going back to a slightly earlier point, you said that it would be good if you have senior men taking that time off and showing that it is it is okay for them to take the the fatherly yeah. role. Um, do you think Do you think that's feasible? Do you think we'll ever see kind of um, I mean, Mark Carney's probably a bit old now, but Mark Carney leaving, is, is that possible? Can we have a governor of a central bank taking time off? Yes, we have a prime minister of a country like New Zealand who just had a baby and she takes six weeks off. Why do we think it's impossible for a man to take six weeks off? Uh, presumably, he could still read his emails if he really wanted to, but I also hope that he has deputies who can help him in the job. And if someone, for example, could would be ill severely ill, he also would have to take time off. And that would be possible. Um, so I think that's really in our heads, this idea that we are so indispensable that we, there's no way that we can take six weeks or eight weeks out of our jobs. I think we can make that possible. If women have to make that possible, I think men should man up <laughs> and make it possible too. <laughs> If we focus in on one policy, one of the policies that has been implemented in a couple of central banks has been gender targets. Now, it's a very kind of controversial uh, policy and some have come out in support of them saying it's necessary to just get the ball rolling mm. in order to get the pipeline kind of filled up. Um but others have said that it's not really a means to an end. It's not going to solve any of the, the kind of cultural problems that need to change. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on gender yeah, targets? I think it's a very difficult one. It probably, I think it might change things in the way that if there are more women or other minorities we will discuss these issues differently because there will yeah. be more different yeah. voices. And so it's probably useful to aim for, I don't know, 30% female representation in central banking. I don't know what the target is. Yeah. That could be a feasible target, right? It's often difficult for because then there is the perception that these women or other minorities only got in because they are a woman, mm -hmm. which is, of course, not true because the, the applicant applicants have to be as good as um, another applicant yeah and then you give priority to the person who is a woman for example yeah. but that is a perception that we then have about the people in these positions and I think we also have to acknowledge that of course that is threatening to men right I mean if you were an economic student in the 70s or 80s and you were a man you were more likely than a woman to get a high-powered position. Mm, yeah. Now you're less likely to get that yeah. position because there are women who will be in those positions. So, of course, there is a realistic threat to mm. men in general that there are just not that many jobs for them because they are taken up by women. And I think we also have to deal with that threat. Yeah. How, how do we mitigate that? How can we make sure that everyone is on board? And so I guess... 
these policies can work, but they have to be implemented mm. very carefully for both men and women. I think the day that we have more women economists than men will be it will be a nice problem to have. Yes, I imagine. Um, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, I think that we've kind of demystified some of the arguments out there uh, for our audience. Um, to our audience, thank you for listening. Uh, tune back in with us in the next couple of weeks for more on gender targets and mentoring. Mm-hmm.